The Bible says in Isaiah 10, 27 that you will lay your hands. Well, it says that the anointing breaks the yoke, right? And we know that in, in, in Mark 16, you, these are the signs that will follow. Those who believe you will lay your hands upon the sick. They'll recover, cast out demons. You drink anything poisonous. It's not going to hurt you, right? You lay your hands upon the sick. They recover. There's an anointing that God gives us as believers, and we have to know as believers what we carry, right? And we carry the fullness of God's Holy Spirit. I've taught you this many times. We carry the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Not a junior Holy Spirit, not a portion of the Holy Spirit, but the fullness of God's Holy Spirit. It's what we carry, every single one of us, right? Now, whether you see that operating in your life or not is, is, is not because it's on God's end. It's because it's on our end to be able to receive, to be able to understand, comprehend, and walk in what he's already given us, right? So it's the confidence. That's why I prayed what I prayed, because I saw a spirit. I saw a spirit on some of you, and it was a spirit that would try to stifle you. It was trying to rob you. It was trying to silence you, and it was trying, and you were pressing in, but yet that spirit tried to mute you just enough so that you were sort of effective, but not that effective. But that's how the devil works. That's how he works. He's a liar. Who said he's a liar? Absolutely, he's a liar. Karen, was that you? You're on fire tonight. Let me tell you, you're on fire tonight. Woo! Praise the Lord. I love it. I love it. But what we did is we took authority over, the, over this ungodly spirit because, see, the things that we don't see naturally with our natural eyes sometimes, right? Sometimes you don't see these things. I mean, God opens our eyes and we see them many times. I saw it today. But sometimes we don't see it. And for the things that we don't see doesn't mean they're ineffective. Just because you can't see something doesn't mean it's not taking effect. Right? It still could be taking effect in a negative way. That's why I started this by saying, don't just let anybody lay hands on you. You need to know who's laying hands on you. You need to make sure that that vessel is a holy vessel, pure, and truly walks the walk and not just talking the talk. And you need to know by a matter of discernment, because sometimes people go, oh, I went to this conference, and I went to this church, and I went to this gathering, and this house group, and this and that, and they're letting everybody and their brother lay hands on them, and then they wonder why they're a mess. You need to know who's laying hands upon you. You know it's okay to say no. You know that it's okay to say no. Sometimes when you're in a, in a setting and they're like, oh, I want to pray for you, and everybody's just praying for everybody, and you think, oh, but isn't that how we learn? Well, it depends on what kind of learning do you want. Do you want to have that kind of mixture so you have to unlearn so many things that you learn, or can you walk in order? Can you walk in order? Do you understand what I mean? There's too much loosey-goosey in the kingdom. This is a serious thing. There are people that get infected, if you will, because they have not listened to Holy Spirit and they think it's all okay. It is not all okay. Just as you can transfer gifts and, and you can impart good things, and the Bible talks all about impartation, it's biblical, you can also impart that which is not of God. You can also impart that which is of the demonic realm. And then people leave going, I don't know what happened, but I feel confused. Have you ever felt that? You leave someplace and you go, I don't know, I just feel confused. Well, that's not God. Hello. That is not the Lord. Hello. Do you think the people did it on purpose? Probably not. Most likely not. But it just shows you that there is a level of immaturity in churches that people need to wake up and say, you know what? I'm not going to be a part of that. I can hear, but I'm going to hear with the, with the ears of the Lord and say, Father, show me how to walk. Show me how to live. Give me a greater measure of understanding when it comes to discerning of spirits. Are you all with me? You all hearing? When I saw that spirit on many of you, and I said, if, I don't, if I don't, you don't come up, I'm going to be calling you. Because I knew, and those few that I saw it on came up. I didn't have to call them out by name. They came up. Well, why, why do I say that? 
Because you know what? It doesn't, is it going to change anything for me? No. Is it because I need a whole bunch of people up here so that I can look okay? Are you kidding? I could care less about that. I think most of you that know me know that by now. I am not in this for performance. I am not in this for likes. I'm not for sure I'm not in this for likes. There's no fear of man on my life. There's a fear of the Holy Ghost. And because I genuinely love you. I genuinely care. And I genuinely take responsibility for those that God has put under my leadership. And I think that's an important thing. That when I hear somebody that has said, oh, this is the house that I go to. This is the church that I feel called to. But then they don't have discernment. And they just kind of like, like a 16-year-old. Like they just go and they do whatever they want to do. And they think it's all fun. And it's all. They're not walking in wisdom. They're not walking in wisdom. Now, I tell you, do I say you can't go here and there? I'm not controlling like that. I'm not going to tell you that. But am I going to pray for your discernment? You better believe it. Am I going to teach so that you become aware? This is not the only church that is okay. I'm not saying that. There are many good churches. And there are many godly believers that are safe people that you can have pray for you. This is not the only place. Don't misunderstand what I'm trying to say. But I am saying that you need to at least think about this. You need to at least realize that it is not just anything and everybody can play and everybody can do whatever and nobody questions anything. Amen. We need to have discernment. You have a spirit, right? God has given you, you are a spirit. You have a body, but you literally are a spirit being. Are you protecting your spirit? Are you protecting your spirit? We have to protect our spirit, man. We can't just let anything and anybody and any circumstance do whatever and we just remain mute, yeah. remain silent. Why? Because we don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Uh-uh, no. I titled tonight's message, he's not a genie in a bottle. Okay, sometimes people think that, you know, this whole like signs and wonders and miracles and healing and everything, it's like kind of like a genie in a bottle. You know, you can kind of just rub this bottle and poof, out comes the Lord and he'll grant whatever it is that you wish and he'll grant whatever. You can live however you want to live, but God is going to just give you that because you, you rub this, this jar, this container, and he comes out like a genie in a bottle. No, absolutely not. Now, are we called to walk in the anointing that God has given us? Yes and amen. Are we called to hear the voice of God and proclaim it? Absolutely. He will back up his word. Say it with me. God's going to back up his word. And he will release miracles. But it's up to us to live according to the word. So signs and wonders and miracles are activated by faith through the anointing, right? So in Mark 16 and in verse 17, it says, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. But we don't stop right there, church. Verse 19. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and he sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere the Lord what did they preach but the Lord Jesus Christ 
they went out everywhere and they preached the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. So they preached Jesus and the Lord confirmed the word with signs and wonders. And you all know that because I've taught this to you many, many times, right? We know this. But again, he's not a genie in a bottle. Where is she going with this? You'll see in a minute. You'll find out in a minute. The anointing that we all carry, will, is, it is influencing you. It's, it's, a good, it's a good thing. God is the anointed one. He gives us an anointing. That anointing, which is the spirit of the living God that lives on the inside of us, he's influencing us. He's telling us, go here. Do this. Say this. Don't say this. Right? He, he guides us. Right? The Holy Spirit guides us. The anointing in us guides us, gives us a sensitivity so that we can be aware, so that we can protect our spirit man. Right? He, in, he will back up his word. We know he will back up his word. But we don't just do whatever uh, we think with our lives, knowing that, well, I just read the scripture. It says that, you know, I'm going to lay my hands upon the sick and they're going to recover. No, we actually have to take care of these vessels. We, we must take care of this temple. Amen. Something that the Lord continually tells me. And it's like, I just feel like it's so basic. But sometimes basic is not being applied, church. Sometimes people go, oh, I can pray for the sick, and I'm going to, if I'm sick, I'm just going to pray for the sick, but I'm going to live however I want. But are you taking care of your vessel? Are you taking care of this temple? We need to heed what the word says and take care of our temple, not just our spirit. Many times you take care of your spirit, but you don't take care of your body. Or you take care of your body, but you don't take care of your spirit. And you think it's going to be okay. You're not taking care of your soul, but you're taking care of your spirit. Or you're not taking care of your soul, but you're taking care of your body. You are body, soul, and spirit. You are all three. And you need to make sure that you take care of your whole being. God wants you to walk in wholeness. And so we need to be a church that understands, listen, you don't just pray and then live however you want to live and then wonder why, hey, I got healed. It was a glorious service. I got healed, but I went home and two weeks later, you know, that sickness came back. Well, let's see. Were you, were you eating right? No, I don't. Were you exercising? No. Were you, sleep were you sleeping? Were you getting enough sleep, enough water? No. You guys, this is part of living in balance. You go, this is so basic. Well, are you all doing the basics? Because if you're not, it's not that basic, is it? We need to actually go back to Bethel. We need to go back and do the first things first. You cannot sit there and go, well, I'm going to pray for the sick, but you are not taking this care of this vessel. It starts in the practical things. Now, I fully believe we are to walk completely healed. Not just for a week or two, and not just in one portion of our lives, but all, completely. Completely healed and whole, isn't just for your physical body. That also pertains to your financial prosperity. I believe that we serve a God that wants you to prosper. You know that? I believe that God wants us to prosper. And that means in every single area of our lives. To have this understanding. To literally give God the whole temple. Not neglecting the practical things and only quoting scripture. Let's turn our, our word to Matthew 22. And verse 37, Matthew 22, and in verse 37, 
Some of you are not seeing the fruit of that word simply because you're not following this one very important, most important uh, principle. And it's in Matthew 22, verse 37 and 38. And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. We are to owe man nothing but love. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The reason that some can't hang on to their healing is because they're not loving their neighbor as their selves. Instead, there's animosity, and there's grief, and, and stress, and strife, and division, and discord, and disunity. And do you think that's called loving your neighbor? No. And when we do this, this is a commandment, guys. We're commanded to love. In what way? Completely. To lay our lives down for one another. Because whatever people go, I love God with everything within me. If you love God with everything within you, then you're going to remember that what you do to one another, you just did to Jesus. That any attitude that you had towards one another, you just did it to Jesus. Any good deed you did to one another, you just did it to Jesus, right? How can we improve in loving one another? Well, that's the question that you need to ask the Lord and then do it. Because you know what? People are robbed in this area that we are promised to walk in wholeness. I'm going to read some more scriptures to you in a moment. That we're, we're promised to walk in wholeness. But if there is a, a, a gap, is there a, if there is a... A lack, you have to ask yourself, am I seeing them through my eyes or am I seeing them through the eyes of Jesus? Because when we see people through the eyes of Jesus, okay, then we don't have that, that angst in our heart because Jesus doesn't, right? It's so important. What does the enemy want to do? He wants to cause division. He wants to cause division. He wants to cause division, disunity. He wants to, he wants to cause that dividing line. That's always what he wants to do. He, he wants to divide. He wants to conquer. But it doesn't matter what he wants. What really matters is what God wants. And we know what God wants. He wants us to walk in unity, right? And he wants us to have this mindset. We are not going to be that church that preaches healings, signs, and wonders, and miracles, but yet they can't love one another. We're not going to be that church that sees the miraculous on a regular basis, but yet can't stand one another. That's horrible. It's not going to be this church. I won't allow it. He wants us whole, church, which means completely whole in every area. And he does want us to prosper. So like I said, financially is included in this. And the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. Proverbs 13, 22. I tell you the scripture a lot. Because you need to hear it. Because you got to be reminded. The wealth of the wicked who is it stored up? For you. For the righteous. It's stored up for you. Say it's stored up for me. And so I'm going to claim it. 
But I'm going to walk in a way that's worthy to receive it. I'm going to walk in a way that is humble before the Lord and before one another. Humble before the Lord and humble before one another. Spiritually, physically, mentally, relationally. Come on, in every area he wants you to prosper. In 3 John 2. 3 John 2. Beloved, I pray. In other words, this is my desire. This is my will. This is God's will for you. I pray that you may prosper in all things. I pray, I desire, I want for you. It's my heart's desire for you that you may prosper in all things. All is all. Turn to your neighbor and say, all is all. Are you walking in all? Because it's time. It's time that you may prosper in all things and be in health. I mean, he could have stopped right there. That you may prosper in all things because of everything. It's all is all, right? But no. He goes on and he then lists some things to clarify in case you missed it. Because some people go, well, yeah, all, but it doesn't mean this. No, all means all. It says, and that you would be in health. Just as your soul prospers. But your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Oh, yeah. Supposed to prosper. Your mind, your memories, supposed to prosper. Your, your literal brain, supposed to prosper. Your will, supposed to prosper. Your emotions, supposed to prosper. Every part of you, your physical being, supposed to prosper. Every area of your life. It's powerful scripture. And it's truth that we need to claim and hang on to. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And verse 18. Because we know he's, we know that he's a God, a God of yes and amen. Right? Yes and amen. So he's a yes and amen God. Some people think he's a yes and no God. But he's a yes and amen God. He is a yes and amen. Say yes and amen. He is yes and amen. Not yes and no, but yes and amen. Verse 18. Of 2 Corinthians chapter 1. But as God is faithful, our word to you was not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Sylvanus and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was yes. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him are amen to the glory of God through us. He has affirmed this word, and he also confirms this word. He says, all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him are amen. Every promise. So that means that we can take this word, and we can say, Lord, if you said it, it's true. Amen. Not because I'm going to act like he's a, you're a genie in a bottle. Because that's immaturity. That's immaturity. I must do my part in taking care of my temple, taking care of my mind, my heart. I have to do my part, right? But if I do my part, and we should be doing our part, right? Then we know we can claim this word. And we know that every promise of God is yes and amen to the glory of God. 
Amen. To the glory of God, not your glory, to the glory of God. But will you be shining forth with the glory of the Lord? Absolutely. Will you radiate with his presence? You better believe it. Did Moses? When he came down from the mountain, did Moses? Absolutely. Shall we? Absolutely. Shall we look with unveiled faces before the Lord as in a mirror? Come on, some of you need to get your swords out. Some of you need to get your swords out and say, if the word of God says it, then I'm going to be in agreement with the word of God. I don't care that this thing ran in my family for years and years and years. If it ran into you, it ran into Jesus, and it stops right there. It stops right there. It stops right there. It has to if you know your word. It has to. But the devil is banking on Christians not knowing the word or not acting on what they know. They don't act on, on what they know. Hosea 4, 6. I'll read it to you. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. This is what the word of the Lord says. But when you believe the truth, the truth, the spirit of truth will confirm his word. When you believe it. When you believe it. When you don't know the truth, he can't confirm it. I'm going to say it again for the back row. When you believe the truth, God's word is truth. When you believe the truth, the spirit of truth will confirm it. Confirm the word. When you don't know the truth, he can't confirm it. Confirming is a yes to what you already knew. It's a yes to what you understood. That's why we have to put that word, let it be engrafted in us, let us be engrafted in it. But Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So what we don't know can destroy us. What we do, sometimes what we don't do, can also destroy us. In Hosea 4, 6, goes on. And it talks about the people did not simply lack knowledge, they rejected it. It's not just my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. It was a rejection of the truth. And that was an act of sin against God. It's a rejection of the truth. An act of sin against God. That's not going to be you. I want you to shout it out. That's not going to be me. That's not going to be. That is not me. That is not us. Why? Because we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Because we want to please him in everything that we do. We will not lack any faith because we know that without faith, we cannot please God. We will not lack faith. We're going to read the word. As we read the word, we hear the word, we, our faith grows, right? Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. So the more that we hear the word, the more that you're actually growing in your faith. See, it doesn't matter for me to bring a scripture or two that you've heard over and over and over again. It doesn't matter. It's actually a good thing. And Paul writes the very same thing. It's not tedious. It's not, lab it's not laborious. This is a good thing for me to bring this word to you over and over and over again because it's getting deep into your spirit, man. And when the thing, when it gets deep into your spirit, man, that's when it becomes part of who you really are. And then you walk differently. You talk differently. You actually walk in the love of God, but you're not walking ignorantly of the, of the devil's devices. You're not letting the schemes, the wiles, and the tactics of the enemy have their way. No, you're aware, but you shut them up and you shut it down the minute you see it. You saw that in action just a moment ago. I saw something. I don't need to call the individual. I don't need to embarrass the person, but I'm going to take authority. Done. 
in the spirit realm, right? Amen. Right? But yet we walk in the love of God. We walk fully in the love of God, knowing that you're fully anointed and fully empowered. And we walk and we serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We don't treat him like a genie in the bottle because he's not. He is the Lord God Almighty. He is all-powerful. He is an ever-present help in time of need and is true to his word. The Bible says, let, let, let God be true and man be a liar. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, then it is a lie and we don't receive it. Hallelujah. God is not changing his mind. If he said it, it's true. And then you're going to hang on to it. You're going to keep it forever and ever and ever. You're going to walk in the fullness of this, right? Amen. Thank you, Father. We're having church tonight. So we cannot neglect our mind. We cannot neglect our bodies, right? We cannot neglect our spirit, our soul. It's the whole package. We are called by God to break yokes. We are anointed, Isaiah 10, 27, to break yokes. Not just me, all of us. Every single believer is called to walk in kingdom dynamics, which means that you are to serve notice to the devil. And you are to literally tell that devil where to go all the time, however many times it is needed. You're the man or the woman on the job, right? Right? So we're called. We're all called to do this. But we're also called to take care of these temples fully and not neglect the practical ways simply because we just want to walk in the spirit. It's all the same. It's all one. Right? It's all one. Thank you, Father. See, this is what I hear sometimes. And this is from people that have this mentality of a genie in the bottle. But you pray for me. Why am I still sick? Why did it come back? But they never took into account how they abused their body for so long in the things that they put in it. They never took that into account. They still don't. But God can change it. Well, yes, he can. He can. But how about let's live right and let's live mature and let's live in the confines of this word so that we're not saying, well, I know he can do it. Do you know that when you say, I know he can do it, that shows the lack of faith? Because he's already done it. Because his blood already was shed. So it's not, I know you can do it. Because there's an element of doubt. Lord, I thank you for all, you've already done it. I thank you that you call those things that are dead as though they are. God says, I'm raising the dead, the things that are not as though they are. And he raises the dead. He raises the dead. And the things that are not, he says, I'm calling them as they are. They already are. Say, they already are. There are some things you need to claim that already are. And we get into claiming things that already are all the time. And we're good at that, aren't we? We claim that. We prophesy this to the north, south, east, and west. And praise the Lord. And we're not going to stop. But my point tonight is we have to take care of these temples. It's simple. But it gets neglected much of the time. Especially if you're in ministry. Like if you're in full-time ministry. Right? And we can't let that. We have to get the basics down. Because we're in this for the long haul. Right? We're in this, we're, we're, we're in this to, to literally give God glory every day, every moment, 
and, and, and have these vessels ready. You know, you can't even flow in the anointing unless you're rested. People go, what do you mean? No, trust me. Yeah, remember, I don't preach anything that I haven't actually already walked through. I really feel this nudging from the Holy Spirit that I need to go deeper in taking care of this temple. I'm being very real with you. Because why? Because I feel like if God is telling me that, and I do take care of this temple, but he's saying, no, I need more. I want more. There's more that I want from you. 